From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're with Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Yes, indeed. It is Monday, the 27th of November, 2023. This is TNT Radio, today's News Talk Radio. I'm Rick Munn. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and I'm going to be aided and abetted over the course of the next, what, 56 minutes by the one and only Gemma Cooper, and also my good friend Parallel Mike, who's beaming in from Poland. He's been doing a lot of uh, a little bit of traveling over the weekend. I believe he was down in Dresden in Germany. And he can maybe give us a little uh, update on what life's like over in Germany. And of course, all the things that are happening in Poland at the minute. We don't normally focus on Poland, but I want to do that today because there's an awful lot happening there, both politically and also uh, socially. Uh, on the Poland scene here this morning. So uh, we've got plenty to get through here today. Uh, our live chat is still up and running, tntradio.live. Go on there and leave us a message, a question, a comment, a thought, an opinion, an idea, some feedback, whether it be positive or whether it be negative on our live chat, tntradio.live. Or if you feel like it, you can leave me uh, a message or send me an email, uh, rickmon at tntradio.live, and I shall do my level best to pick up on that and to get back to you uh, if you have any specific requests or feedback for me you can do it on that platform as well now there's a lot of inquiries happening in the world at the moment uh, there's a, an Australian COVID inquiry going on, or they're trying to get one up and running at the minute. There's one going on in England at this point in time. There's a half-assed one trying to get off the ground in Ireland as well. I want to look at one that's uh, happening in Scotland at the minute, because we don't hear an awful lot from uh, Bonnie Scotland this weather. Uh, there's been a current media blackout at this point in time, Scottish COVID inquiry on day one. One of the things that was found was the decisions the government make uh, have made the effect on children has been absolutely horrendous. So we have a, a team of experts that are testifying here in the Scottish COVID inquiry, especially psychologists, talking about the damage that has been done specifically to children. Even during the world wars, they were saying during the two world wars, the schools always remained open. More children remain off school with anxiety than at any other point since records began. So this is the result of government policy. Uh, lockdown harms on individual, uh, sorry, on vulnerable children uh, during therapy sessions with some children. Some of these uh, people, therapists are testifying that children uh, would pick at their fingers until they bled. Uh, other children have attempted suicide multiple times and some sadly have been successful in ending their own lives. Uh, the response has caused the loss of many more vulnerable members of society. And lastly, uh, some parents have been testifying here as well. A mum has been worried that the NHS would put her child on end-of-life care. So, of course, during the, the darkest times of the lockdowns and during the scandemic, families weren't allowed to visit their loved ones in hospital. Uh, we were told that do not resuscitate notices were placed over patients' heads. Families had no way of accessing them, even to say goodbye. Families felt they were being kept on a knife edge and not able to travel even with loved ones in an ambulance. Some families became so worried that they considered suicide pacts as well uh, because they simply didn't know what was going on. And for many of us, uh, it's safe to say that we did see through this. 
Uh, we did realize that it was BS. We did realize that it was complete overreach on the part of the government, but many, many people did not. And there are many, many people out there that were taken in by this and are still being taken in by this, even as we speak throughout the country's hospitals and medical practices. And uh, yeah, I have a few other things that I want to say to that. Gemma's got a, a great story that we're going to cover together as well, but there's something else that somebody else that I encountered this week that ties in a little bit with this story. I want to talk uh, to Gemma about that. So we'll do that uh, when we come back after this very short break here on TNT Radio. Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, half for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, this business, I mean, ultimately, I suppose you would say that if it wasn't for what the government did during 2020 up to 2023, they're still doing it at the minute, uh, we wouldn't have met up. TNT wouldn't have met up. I'd never been in contact with Natalie or Darren or Mike Brown or anybody else for that matter. So in a strange way, some good has come out of the back of uh, the, the events of the last three years. But very, very many people are still misguided and are still duped by what their government are telling them. There was a chap I met yesterday. Uh, I understood. I haven't seen him for a month. He had been taken into hospital urgently. He had had a, you know, his COVID job and his flu job on the same day. He, was, he had bad lungs. He was rushed into hospital. He was treated like cattle in there. And, you know, he, I was talking to him yesterday and he says, you know, after all that, when I finally got the hope, the hospital, they came and gave me a mask and told me that I have COVID. They isolated him for six days, then kicked him out of the hospital. And I, I was, he was saying, like, I've just had the injection. I've had all my boosters and I'm still getting it. The penny didn't seem to drop with him. And now he's on steroid courses up until uh, the new year just to keep his lungs functioning. But still, with the best will in the world, people keep going back for more. Uh, will people like that ever, do you think, uh, will the penny drop or is it better just to leave them be and just let them do their thing? Oh, that is such a, you know, mm -hmm. what, for a Monday, what a question, you know, and it'd be so interesting mm -hmm. to hear what people in the chat have got to think about that because, you know, it's a case of willful blindness with a lot of people mm -hmm. that, you know, the last thing anyone likes doing really, even when you're a grown up, is admitting you were wrong. <laughs> Not many people enjoy that, you know, and especially when you're wrong on the scale of it affecting your health. But there's also a kind of, we talk about this a lot, you know, there's this great bifurcation occurring in society of people who literally see life one way and people who see it another. And I do think that it's hard to um, argue or, or debate when you're literally seeing it. So you're literally seeing the world through a very different prism. We see it one way, they see it another. But I, I do wonder if it's like the, if you even begin to unpick the fact that you've had this jab and you're still getting ill, you, you know, you can hear the cogs going around a certain point and then mm -hmm. people think I can't go down this road because it means everything. My crazy friends were right and I was wrong and, and people don't like that. Um, I think what we do do, and I think you've alluded to this because you were saying about one of your friends, really close friends has had the jab, um, is stay friends with people and just remain yeah. by their side as a constant presence until they till something happens and they have their light bulb moment and they're ready to see it. Then we're going to be needed. Um, and yeah. it's funny you should talk about the effects, but I was casting my eye over some headlines this morning, you know, getting a flavor to start the week. And uh, I saw another headline saying that the long-term effects of COVID policy will be with many vulnerable people for decades because they just can't process what happened to them. And the isolation for many uh, who aren't mentally robust, it's, it sent them over the edge from which many, many people they're saying won't come back from. It's not just children. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing, Gemma. It's crucial as well, you know, not to be of the I told you so mentality because a lot of people are gloating now, which is sad to see, to say, well, if they'd only listened to us, they wouldn't be sick. If they'd only listened to us, they wouldn't have died. And listen, that's not the attitude to take. Uh, I think it's our job and the, the job that we have been doing is to tell people what we believe is the truth, to warn people with love because we've nothing that we don't profit if people don't get injected. But big pharma most certainly do and the doctor's practices most certainly do profit if they do get injected so we don't have any motives ulterior motives in that respect and as you say i think the fallout we need to be there uh especially for people that we are close to for example friends or maybe family members not so much to just general people in the public that we don't know and will never come into contact with but we need to adopt that okay listen uh you made a mistake because let, let's face it who which one of us hasn't made mistakes in the past hasn't screwed up royally in the past and maybe there's been people there that have been given us a second chance so I think support's very important as well, especially to friends uh, and loved ones. I know of my friends, I have a few friends that have taken uh, the jabs. That's their choice. It's their body and they can do whatever they want with it. But I will certainly would certainly never gloat about that or sit, wag my finger at them and say, ah, you should have listened to me. If you listened to me, you would have been this, that, the other. I think that's the wrong approach. And that's the one that you're not advocating that we take, and rightly so. And also, of course, Rick, you see, because your face didn't pop up on the nightly six o'clock news telling people not to have the jab, you, you don't come across with any authority because we are so well programmed. And I've spent my entire career in, in, in the media. So I understand how it works. And like you're programmed from school to pay attention to the authority figure behind the desk i.e. the teacher, you're programmed at such a young age to listen to the teacher, that programming never leaves you and the newsreader becomes the teacher. So automatically you go right down into your core belief system of like, oh, there's the teacher and I must do what they tell me. If you'd had the luxury of sitting behind a desk being beamed into people's homes night after night, people would have just done what you told them because we're so well conditioned and programmed. But of course, people like us now, I broke my programming, you broke your programming, millions around the world have broken programming and they see it for what it is. But equally, millions around the world, billions around the world haven't broken programming yet. But I yes. hold out every hope that they will. Yeah. Something will happen yeah. to them in their lives and it will break the programming. It will break. <laughs> Yeah, because everybody comes in their own time and in their own way, you know, and every you, know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink until the horse gets thirsty. So I think we've led a lot of horses to water, Gemma, and maybe we get a little bit frustrated because they haven't been drinking yet. But when those horses get thirsty, and they will get thirsty, uh, believe me, their heads will go down and they will start uh, supping away royally. Now, <laughs> we have a good story to cover here this morning as well. Debanking uh, or people being booted out of bank accounts. We have a story here from a chap who had a, a small business account and he's been uh, cancelled uh, un, 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 unknown for unknown reasons. Uh, and I think this is a, a cursory story or a warning that, uh, you know, it doesn't just, it's not just the Nigel Farages of this world that get uh, debanked or it's not just the political people with political sway here. It could happen to anybody at any time. And when it does happen, it could be quite catastrophic. Absolutely. And it's got parallels with the last three and a half years. Whereas if you spoke out and questioned the narrative, even if you did it in an intelligent manner, you were cancelled. And it seems that this, this behavior of the banks, they're, they're behaving the same way. If they decide to arbitrarily cancel you, you will be cancelled. Um, and it, this guy, he, he run a small property business with a couple of uh, properties in Birmingham and somewhere else in the UK, in the 
the town escapes me. That's irrelevant, actually. He'd banked with Barclays Bank for nearly 100 years. His family had banked there for 85 years. Property company was started by his great aunt, who then handed it down through the family. Um, and they they debanked him. They debanked him. And they didn't give him any explanation initially. Um, and he couldn't pay his builders and tenants couldn't pay the rent into the business account. He, he went to Barclays and they Eventually, after being, you know what it's like when you phone your bank, press one for this, press two for that. He's passed around from pillar to post, department to department. They were like, oh, we, do, we don't really know. We don't really know. Meanwhile, it's a business account. He was forced to then open an online account with another bank, an online provider in an emergency so he could pay people. Um, and the bank eventually said, oh, yeah, you know, to prevent financial crime, we needed some new documents from you. You didn't submit them in time. So we've closed your account. And it's a, it's a cautionary tale to all of us because obviously the bank's own concern with, with its own corporate rules and procedures. It wasn't with the customer, a very loyal customer running a business account. It was with its own kind of internal corporate way of doing things. Um, they have since, because this story has hit the headlines, apologized and offered to reopen the bank account. But he's quite rightly declined and said, you treated me so badly. I hadn't done anything wrong. And actually, if I hadn't taken you on, then, um, you know, it, I could my first could have gone under i mean this guy's now in his 70s so it would have caused considerable stress to him but i think you know they will come after whoever they want to come after to suit their own ends not the customer not a loyal customer it doesn't pay to be loyal with any organization does it now especially corporations but you know the nigel farage thing made the headlines because he's a famous politician in the uk and his it was allegedly to do with his politics and his views um this doesn't seem to be that at all it seems to be just an arbitrary decision by the bank um but i think we all need to watch out because the man who runs the property company said he spoke to other colleagues in the building industry and he said actually it is more common than we realize. But of course, not everybody's got Nigel Farage's profile. But this guy, he's gone public. Um, Barclays Bank has apologized. They obviously admit error, but it could be any of us. And for what reason? These arbitrary reasons, you know, that oh, you didn't fill out this, you didn't fill out that. Or is it simply you're not bringing enough money into our banking account? It's costing us too much to keep you. Who knows? But you know how easy it is over the last three and a half years for, for, to get cancelled. And I think this is, a, this is a salutary one to keep an eye on, definitely. It is, and uh, it's also uh, maybe would be a good good advice or something certain worth thinking about is that if you don't have a spur bank account or reserve bank account, it's always worthwhile to have. Uh, don't rely on one provider, for example, for your personal banking, because if that provider decides to do what uh, Barclays did to this customer, Gemma, if that was you and I, then what do you do? If they freeze your account, uh, if they send you a check for whatever money that you have in there, what happens when you need to withdraw cash and the account's been frozen and the check's on the way to you. You then have to take that check to another bank, open another account, go through their verification, have the account set up. That can take weeks. Uh, sometimes if your documentation is in order, sometimes it can be slightly less than that. But if you have bills to pay today and you have direct debits to pay today or a mortgage payment that's due today or rent that's due today, or you need to take 200 quid out of the hole in the wall to go and spend it on everyday items, what are you going to do? In the meantime, so I think it's a good uh, it's a good warning, this one, uh, this story, I'd look at it as a nice warning to say, okay, well, what if, what would I do if my bank did the same to me today? Do you have a secondary bank account? Do you have a little emergency fund in cash that you keep around the house or stashed somewhere safe that you can get your hands on quickly if you need to? If the answer to that's no, I would say use this as a, as a warning, as a wake-up call that you need to have a fallback in the event that you get cancelled yourself. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Prevention, isn't it? You know, and future proof planning yourself because the the banks here, obviously they don't care. There's there's no, um, there's no kind of sort of thought of exactly that, you know, you need some money for everyday things. You need got direct debits. This guy couldn't pay his builders. There's no kind of like uh, appreciation of that fact that these people have lives and, you know, having a bank account closed, the stress, the stress of that. And the, and Barclays were just like, well, you know, we want to prevent financial crime. Well, actually, I'd argue it's a bit of a financial crime to close somebody's account without, you know, due due mm-hmm. process and, and consideration. That's yeah. that's a criminal thing. But no, no, corporations, one rule for them, the little man on the ground, one rule for us, you know, mm-hmm. was ever thus. But, you know, it is a very good point. We're all about empowerment here on TNT. And those things you've just suggested are really brilliant ideas. In fact, I'm going to adopt them myself. Mm-hmm. And even another thing, too, even if the bank would give 28 days notice, for example, to say, Gemma, we're going to cancel your account as per the 1st of December, the 1st of January, at least it gives you four weeks to prepare for that. But this just all of a sudden put the brakes on, put the handbrake on and stop it dead. It's very, very uh, disruptive to very, very uh, many people. So make sure that you don't get caught out yourself. So Gemma, we've got to call time in this one. As per now, uh, you and I will talk again tomorrow morning. And please, listeners, stay tuned. Parallel Mike is incoming here on Locked and Loaded TNT Radio. So please don't go away. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Sometimes life can be overwhelming and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts, reminders of things that make you feel strong, Some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. Without CO2, The world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
Okay, we're coming at you live here this morning from uh, the Gold Coast in Australia via Northern Ireland, via Poland as well. I'm joined again by my very special friend and very special guest for Locked and Loaded this morning, Mr. Parallel Mike himself. If you're not aware who Mike is, he's been on here quite a few times. We cover a lot of topics. We do tend to look at finance, money, investments, possibly also building community and also mental health sustenance. And we're probably going to do all of that again here this morning, as well as look at some domestic issues that are going on in Poland. There's a lot of political upheaval there at the moment. There's a lot of shenanigans and skullduggery happening in Poland. And what better way to get a, a man on the ground report than to talk to Mike himself. Mike, welcome back to Locked and Loaded. How are you doing today? Uh, it's great to see you, Rick. Thanks for having me back on. And yeah, it's a, always a pleasure. Excellent. Well, I understand you were traveling uh, over the weekend. You were down in uh, across in Dresden in Germany. Is that correct? What was it like over there, for example, compared to uh, what you've been used to in Poland? Okay, well, I'll tell you a little story. My uh, trip to Dresden, I was driving through Germany for an hour, and the first person I saw was a non-German. It was somebody in a veil. And the second person I saw was a non-German person. Uh, now, this wouldn't happen in Poland. This is quite rare. So it was quite interesting. Yeah, much more multicultural and certainly see. I mean, I got a taxi in the center of Dresden. My first taxi didn't speak German. He didn't speak mm -hmm. English. So, yeah, very, very different experience. You can see how Germany is changing fast. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, I went to see the old buildings. Uh, well, <laughs> what was left of them, Rick? Most mm -hmm. of it was destroyed, as you know. But there was some of the old architecture that they rebuilt. It was very beautiful but very surreal, very surreal to see a German city that was completely non-German, so um, in terms of the occupancy. So basically, uh, yeah, that's just even interesting to hear that because you have this maybe preconceived idea in your head that when you get there, you know, the German culture and this, especially if you've never been before, but then to be met by people uh, that weren't German in inverted commas or uh, that you got in a taxi and they didn't speak English or German must have been quite a strange experience, especially because of the way things are in Poland at the minute. Uh, one of the things, uh, by the way, just uh, for our listeners' uh, information, if you want to connect with Mike, I usually do this at the start of the show or at the end, but I'm going to do it now. Uh, he has an X profile uh, on the Twitter platform, call it what you like, at Parallel Mike, P-A-R-A-L-L-E-L -L -E -L underscore Mike. He has a website, ParallelMike.com, and also a fantastic YouTube channel, Parallel Systems, where he does a lot of podcasting and he does a lot of interviews with people, especially around about uh, the banking and investment front. Just before we take our own news uh, break at the half hour mark, just before you came on, Mike was talking to Gemma about a man who had his bank account cancelled uh, just at the drop of a hat by Barclays. No notice was served. It left him high and dry. I was advocating the possibility that people, if they don't already do so, uh, should maybe have a secondary bank account a backup bank account. We know banks aren't great institutions, but they serve a purpose and they're a necessary evil for day-to-day -day, uh, management of funds, you know, for living expenses, drawing cash out, et cetera. Secondary bank account, yes or no, small amount of deposit or cash on hand that if you can't get to an ATM, good idea, yes or no? I think it's a great idea, Rick. I always tell people to try and have at least three months expenses in cash just in case, because this does happen. It's happened many times before. People in Lebanon were locked out their accounts for well over a year. If you remember those videos of people going in without official or fake guns, sometimes real, to try and get their own deposits, that's what was happening. And another thing I would say is, yeah, a couple of bank accounts, two or three is really good. 
Um, I had a really bad experience, actually. If people want to have a bit of a laugh, go check out my recent live stream where I talk about my experience with a British bank trying to make a payment to a company. They blocked my account. And they said, if you don't call us within 24 hours, we're blocking you out entirely. So they blocked, sorry, they blocked the payment to begin with. But they said, if you don't call us, we'll block you out entirely. Few five hours on the phone with my own bank, with them threatening me, uh, asking my wife if she's being involved in any fraud recently, repeating the same questions again and again and again. Rick, it was a nightmare. And in the end, I just said, listen, guys, I'm closing the damn account. I'm taking all the money out. Then they blocked me from doing that. <laughs> they blocked me from taking my own money and putting it in another of my accounts. So this is why we need to be very careful. You do need multiple accounts. And ultimately, I think banks are a dying institution and potentially a dangerous one going forward. So I would always advise people to really think about how much you want to have in there, because if they block you out from that account entirely, you, you have no idea how long it's going to be before you see your money again. And I think at some point, lots of people don't see their money again. And we saw that as well, Mike, uh, during the, you know, especially uh, two years ago, whenever the Canadian truckers were having their their protests, people were trying to crowdfund them. There was GoFundMe accounts were cancelled or frozen. The Canadian government put a freeze on a $10 million uh, payment fund uh, for support and to supply food and fuel, et cetera, the Canadian truckers, and also PayPal accounts for certain dissenter type people. Uh, people had their PayPal accounts frozen and not just uh, the use of the accounts, but the funds that were accrued within those funds or within those accounts, which amounted to tens of thousands of dollars in some cases, they were also frozen while PayPal conducted investigations. So I think the secret to this one is don't put all your eggs in one basket. And if you do get hit in one area, at least you'll have a fallback uh, supply or a fallback amount of cash in another place or even on your person that can sustain you if things go wrong. Because the last thing you want these days is to be locked out of all banking uh, with no access to any accumulated funds and then you've still got your bills to pay. Yeah, remember, Rick, when you put your money in a bank, you're investing in two things, and they're both terrible investments. One is the national currency, which they're continuously debasing. And the second is the bank itself, because all banks have put in their legislation that in a crisis, they're going to take our deposits. They're literally going to take them. So what are we actually doing here? We're investing in failing currencies. We're investing in institutions that have li literally written into their legislation. They're going to raid our money with no recompense. Uh, that doesn't sound like a good investment to me, Rick. I prefer gold. I prefer to have things under my own control. Universal uh, money, I can take it to any country on planet Earth. Uh, they will exchange that into the local currency. And I trust myself more than I do the banks. Of course, do your own due diligence. That's what we always mm -hmm. say. But um, I would just seriously, seriously take a look at what these banks are setting up for. It ain't pretty. No, it ain't pretty. And I'm from the banking industry. I spent 10, 11 years working in the banking industry. So believe me, I know what it's like from the inside. That's one of the reasons why I got out of it uh, back in 2008 was because I couldn't stomach it anymore. So yeah, I bailed. Uh, so don't think they're out for your best interest under any shape or form. They may smile at you in the branch. They may treat you like royalty if you've got a lot of money in there. But believe me, you're just a statistic to them and they don't give a damn about you or whether or not you lose your cash or not. So we're going to take a quick uh, news break right now. When we come back, Mike, uh, some domestic issues uh, concerning Poland that I want to fire at you, get your own uh, views on those, your own opinions on those. So please, listeners, stay tuned for more of the same here on TNT Radio. And now, dude, I have huge news. I knew it. Knew it. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. There are reports this hour the fragile ceasefire between Israel and Hamas could be extended. 
58 foreign hostages have been released from Gaza since Friday, including 41 Israelis, in exchange for 117 Palestinians freed from Israeli prisons. Russia's launched a new military satellite into orbit. It's been revealed tech tycoon Elon Musk is planning to meet with Israel's president, and Bloomberg has warned the world is staring down the barrel of a debt tsunami. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Okay, I'm speaking live with Parallel Mike from Parallel Systems on YouTube, ParallelMike.com. And uh, yeah, he's in Poland at the minute. Mike, we'll touch briefly just before the news break there on the Canadian trucker story. That's uh, That'll be two years old, believe it or not, come uh, next February. It's been two full years since that happened. There's another ongoing trucking issue going on in Poland at the minute that maybe many people aren't actually aware of. As per right now, Polish truckers uh, starting round-the-clock blockade of border crossing on November the 27th, which is today. Uh, Polish hauliers will begin round-the-clock blockade of the fourth border crossing with Ukraine. Uh, State Border Guard spokesman Andrei Demchenko said on national television yesterday, which was Sunday the 26th. Before that, traffic at the Medyanka crossing was blocked from 10 a.m. until 9 p.m. Kiev time. Polish truckers started blocking three border crossing points as far back as the 6th of November in protest of the liberalization of EU transport rules for Ukrainian trucks. So this is something that's been building up and it's been going on now for a few weeks, Mike. Uh, as at the 26th of November, which was yesterday, 2,100 vehicles were stuck, unable to get to Ukraine, and uh, people are dying with the cold. Uh, these people are literally stuck in a bottleneck convoy, 2,100 trucks, and uh, not able to get across the border. It's not being widely talked about uh, in the West here, but from your perspective, that's on your doorstep. What do you make of this? Yeah, this has been something that's been ongoing since the start of the war. There was also the Polish farmers who were protesting the grain imports from Ukraine, uh, lowering the price of uh, Polish farmers' grain. So this is this kind of merging between Poland and Ukraine that's been happening at a political level. There was a time also where Polish uh, citizens were told by Zelensky, if you want Ukrainian citizenship, we will give you it as a gift. So, I mean, I, I think this is a long arc of history. Poland and Ukraine used to be merged. There used to be lots of Polish people living in Ukraine. Just so happened that the Ukrainian Nazis massacred them all. There was around about 100,000 that got killed with scythes. They got burnt alive in churches, locked in burnt alive. It was awful. One of the darkest periods in Polish history. doesn't sit well with Polish people that that still all festers, particularly when you see these uh, videos of neo-Nazism in Ukraine. Now you've got all of this and commercial disputes going on. You've got the truckers, like you mentioned, you've got the farming disputes as well. I, I just think the political establishment are trying to pair two things that the citizens at both sides, might I add, don't seem to want to be paired. Uh, and this is, of course, an economic detriment to Poland. Now, in Poland, trucking is a huge industry. There's so many Polish truckers. You'll see them all in the UK. They travel across the world. It's a big, big industry over here. Similarly, farming. There's so many family farms, Rick, and if you start to hit people at their bottom line, they might have been supporting the war, they might have been supporting the refugees to begin with, but once it starts to hit you in your pocket, you know what it's like yourself. You start to get a little bit of a different opinion on things, and I think this is just going to go on and on. Uh, but like with all European politicians, will the political establishment listen to the people, or will they just force through what they want to force through? I think we probably know the answer to that one. 
Yeah, we do. Uh, the thing that I'm thinking about too is that the, the, the people on the ground in Poland or the people on the ground that are waiting for the supplies to come through or the deliveries to come through that these truckers are supposed to be supplying. 2,100 trucks is a lot of trucks. I think on average, you know, they would expect on average, you would have had two dozen a day, maybe that would have stuck at the border because of breakdowns and one thing and another. Now it's 2,100 that are stuck there. Two men, apparently two Ukrainian truck drivers have already frozen to death because as you can probably testify, it's not a exactly uh, tropical in your part of the world at this time of the year either. So people are actually starting to die as a result of this too. Surely something will have to give if literally the drivers are starting to freeze to death in the cabs. Yeah, this is a, this is a really bad situation. I mean, we've got snow. I was just out running before I came on on um, air with you, Rick, and it's uh, thick snow, you know, up to my ankles. Uh, but it's only just started. It's only just started. We've got minus five now, but you know it will get to minus 10 potentially minus 20 and without heating and in those trucks you're not going to survive that so something will have to give and i think we're getting to the end personally i think we're coming to the end of this whole debacle with ukraine and russia i i just i just think at all sides now it's really starting to fall apart they've got the new conflict going on in israel i personally think we're going to see resolution on this maybe not a total resolution but i think they're going to start to push for some kind of resolution in the coming uh five to six months i don't know about you rick what's your thoughts on that yeah i i don't know that there's much mileage left uh in that U ukraine russia conflict anymore i mean the narratives that are starting to come out at, at the moment you know they're still going on about putin's defeated and he's suffering huge losses of life you know the the spin from what's actually happening on the ground is 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 unreal in my opinion and the biggest tragedy in all of this is this didn't have to happen uh there could have been a negotiated settlement this right at the beginning but of course nato and co were pushing for a a, a hot war with uh, Ukraine uh, and Russia to happen. It was their proxy war with Russia and it backfired on them spectacularly. I can remember right at the start, Mike, uh, whenever Biden started to say, well, you know, we're going to we're going to cut off your swift access, banking access to Russian. We're going to steal your uh, seizure assets from any Russian oligarchs at the time. And I remember the ruble did drop in value and uh, Biden was uh, jumping for joy. Then uh, Putin paid ambassador stroke. He said, well, from now on, if you want to pay for my uh, oil and any uh, stuff that your uh, gas that you're taking in, especially through Germany and coal, then you have to pay me in rubles. And then, of course, Russia arguably is doing a hell of a lot better than America or any of the countries that were sanctioning it than uh, they ever have done over the last two years. It seems to have been a spectacular own goal on the part of NATO. Yeah, and also there was the other masterstroke that they pulled over there in Russia, which was they said they would buy gold at a fixed price in the ruble as well per gram which was essentially for a time uh, back in the ruble by gold so you know this these are lessons that we can learn in our own personal lives too you know i'm not saying that we support russia because i certainly don't however what i would say is we all will be russia at some point this is how they will respond to any of us that they don't like what we're doing i got banned for life from paypal rick i don't know if you know that when i first started no, my uh, show yeah i got banned off paypal um, and my wife too and um, because I called out PayPal for banning other people on my channel. And funnily enough, about a week later, I got banned for life of PayPal. And uh, my wife did also when she tried to make an account in my same name. And this was just this was just so people could donate to me. So it's the same thing. Uh, so I think it's uh, lessons to learn here. And, you know, the solutions would be the same as well. The solutions are to circumnavigate them. So that's to create our own decentralized systems uh, and for me personally i think you know gold is the ideal one because it's got no master it was created by god there's no there's no uh, hand of man in that you know it comes from nature 
it's a natural system. You know, if you wanted to pay me outside the system, you could use gold or silver, vice versa. Uh, this might sound extreme, but I think we are really getting to a, a, a tipping point here where it's going to be close to impossible for people to function in the mainstream system and have a voice that is legitimate, you know, a truth-telling voice. Uh, somebody that's not willing to cowtail to any dictat that they give us. I think we're about 10 years, but I think in the course of this 10 years, we're going to see this happen repeatedly. And in my life, like I said, I've already had it a number of times uh, on a small scale, but I think, yeah, at some point it will probably be much bigger. Same for you, Rick. You know, I think all of us, anyone that's taking part in uh, any kind of opposition should be getting prepared for that now. So, yeah, take it seriously. Yeah, just touching on the gold thing as well, just before we take a break, uh, that's something else that you have and I have discussed. And one of the things that we advocated that people should certainly consider doing, even as far back as a year ago, 18 months ago, you and I said about investing in gold. Gold is, uh, certainly went up in value. It would have been, a, 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 a with the benefit of hindsight, if anybody had have invested in a little bit of bullion, a little bit of silver bullion, a little bit of gold bullion over the last 18 months to two years, uh, they would be sitting on a nice profit now. But if and when, uh, what I don't want to say if and when, because I believe it's a case of when, but it's not nailed down yet. But if and when the banks do collapse, then we will see a massive spike in the price of gold as well. So certainly, uh, you talked about having three months of cash deposits there, talked about having a secondary bank account there. Again, we would consider uh, urge people to consider having a little bit of gold bullion in there that you can buy easily online and store yourself. doesn't have to be a huge amount, uh, but it will certainly uh pay for itself. I was going to say it'll be worth its weight in gold. Boom, boom, no pun intended that if the banks collapse, but I think that one's on the cards now. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've got a bracelet here, Rick. That's a one ounce gold bracelet. I, I, whenever I travel, I wear it on my wrist. Uh, not because I like to wear gold bracelets, but because it's currency. You know, if I was really desperate and there was a banking collapse, and, you know, think back to when everyone got locked down and they weren't allowed to travel due to COVID. All, all flights were stopped. If you needed to travel across a continent, if you were saying Czech Republic and you wanted to get back to France, you ain't getting there by any of the means, but, um, tr but, but by road. And, you know, if you can't get into currencies, if the banking system goes on a giant bank holiday, which they've already told us they will do in the, ne in the next banking crisis, they've already wargamed this. They've wargamed it for a cyber pandemic that they're going to have a global bank holiday. You're going to be screwed unless you've got some real money, and that's gold. Uh, the currency is not going to be worth anything, but I can guarantee if you go to, I mean, <laughs> I, if you go to a truck driver and say, listen, I've got some gold here, will you, will you, will you take me a few thousand miles? I'm pretty sure I would, Rick. I certainly would. Yeah. So it's yeah. a universal money, and people who haven't used it before don't understand that. But I've told you before on here that I couldn't trade my pounds into um, Czech Karuna when I went across to that country. Nobody would accept my British pounds because they don't want that currency anymore. It's just not that valuable to them. But I had a sovereign with me because I always take a little bit of gold with me, and I got that changed within two hours. You know, mm -hmm. it's so easy to change that. It was impossible to change the currency, not the gold. So this, these are just lessons from history, Rick, and people, I think likely believe that we're not going to have those times again uh it's maybe a little bit of an extremist take they think but I, I see all the signs from studying history i see all the signs that that's exactly where we're heading currency collapse yep currency collapse so you know it's not a case of uh if but a, rather a case of when and that's not being doom merchants about this it's just being realistic and looking at the trajectory in which things are going and seeing the writing on the wall and having the foresight to read the writing on the wall and actually take preemptive measures to protect yourself uh, for inevitable banking collapse mike we've got to take another quick uh pause as per right now when we come back i want to look at pfizer 
uh, suing Poland for bailing out on a COVID-19 vaccine. I want to look at the rise of uh, geared builders over in the Netherlands as well, and some other domestic issues in Poland, if we can squeeze them in. So please, listeners, don't go away. Much more to come here before the top they are on TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. With Joe Biden behind in just about every presidential poll, the strategy of the left seems to be to go after Donald Trump even harder than they've been doing for the past eight years, if that's even possible. And on the media side, Joe Scarborough, whose brother-in-law works in the Biden administration, seems to be leading the charge. He will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Just look at his past. And as unhinged as that was, it's nothing compared to what New York Democrat Congressman Dan Golden said the other day. It is just uh, uh, unquestionable at this point that that man cannot see public office again. He is not only unfit, he is destructive to our democracy, uh, and he has to be uh, he has to be eliminated. Now, after receiving some well-deserved criticism, Goldman apologized, said he didn't mean to use that word, eliminated, et cetera, et cetera. This is all the left has left, so watch for more of the same. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday to Friday. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, it's uh, Monday. It's still Monday, the 27th of November, 2023. For any of you people out there that don't have a watch or a clock, we're just keeping you in the picture here. I'm talking to my old chum, Parallel Mike from Poland. He's just back from a day trip, or not a day trip, but a little jaunt to Dresden in Germany. He's seen uh, some eye-opening things there, and we're talking about what's happening in Poland at the minute. Uh, COVID-19 vaccine, uh, citing shady EU mega deal, uh, Pfizer are taking Poland to court. Uh, In April 2021, the world learned that European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen had been negotiating the biggest contract ever sealed for 1.1 billion doses of COVID-19 vaccines via text messages to Chief Executive of Pfizer, Albert Burla. And while those texts were somehow lost, Pfizer is now suing Poland, which under EU, uh, the EU deal struck between von der Leyen and Burla obligated the Polish government to purchase 16 million more doses than it actually did. So Pfizer and BioNTech are seeking to hold Poland to its commitments for COVID-19 vaccine orders placed by the Polish government. So imagine that. This is something that was done, something a little bit shady that was done between von der Leyen and uh, Albert Borla. Poland had agreed to purchase 60 million more doses than it actually did. Obviously, they don't want them now. Uh, but now uh, they're being uh, sued by Pfizer. What A, do they have a leg to stand on? And B, has the vaccine uptake in the like of Poland dropped substantially than it was at the beginning, if it was even high in the first place? 
Well, you know, I don't know the official statistics, Rick. I don't know the official. No, actually, I did know the official statistics. That's not what I meant to say. I knew the official statistics and I got told it was around 40 to 50 percent. However, on the ground, I don't know the truth of it because Polish people are very insular when it comes to discussing this topic. I have it on good authority that authority that a lot of truckers were getting fake vaccine cards. <laughs> so they they said they might have been registered as vaccinated, but they certainly didn't. I've got friends, I will just say that, who uh, certainly didn't have the vaccine, but had the official card. Now, I do know also the family members that took it. So, you know, we don't know. It's all anecdotal. However, I would say it was probably one of the lowest uptakes in Europe. Uh, Eastern Europe are extremely skeptical of this vaccine agenda. And I think this is where this one comes from. I mean, they ordered so many and ultimately the Polish public said no. And Poland, I think going into this Ukraine situation, I think there was rumblings of that long ago. As we all know, if you want to do your own research, you can. You'll find out that that was a long arc. And I think the Polish government were not wanting to push their own populace quite as hard as let's say the UK or Australia, because they knew there was other bigger fish to fry coming down the pipeline. And if their public turned against them, that could have thrown that one all off killer. So that's my just my 10,000 foot view that the Polish public didn't want it. The government, yeah, they did try to fear people into it like everyone else, but ultimately they didn't put the pressure on that we had in other places. Uh, and now this lawsuit, I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Uh, and and I think they're playing with fire. Do you not think they're playing with fire? Because there's so much harm that's being from these drugs. If I was fighting a court case against Pfizer, I'd just say, okay, well, let's look at the effectiveness of this vaccine that you've given us. Uh, and let's talk about that in a court, in a lot, in a court, in a court of law. And uh, I think they'd soon back down. You know, uh, uh, just the, listening to you speaking there as well, you know, what are the probabilities if it's actually getting to court and then the Polish government having to pay Pfizer? Uh, the biggest car theft in history, uh, believe it or not, was committed by North Korea. And back in the 70s or the 80s, North Korea ordered about 1,500 Volvo cars from the Swedish government, okay? And they were delivered to North Korea. And when they delivered, the North Korean government simply didn't pay Volvo. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go to North Korea and try and demand the money? You're not going to do that. You're going to take them to court. They'll just laugh at you. There's no way, I don't think, that they'll be able, if North Korea can't be sued by the Swedish government, I can't see Pfizer successfully suing the Polish government for this. Because let's be honest, all the things that were promised as a result of this jab, you know, it's safe, it's effective, it does this, it does that. You know, it, it didn't stand up to its side of the bargain. And good luck to Pfizer is all I'm saying if they think uh, they can uh, take the Polish government to court and actually get them to... Uh, to, to pay up. I can't see that happening, Mike, but you know, it's a strange time in which we live in. Stranger things have happened. Another story that I have here is uh, NATO's proposed military Schengen is a thinly disguised German power play over Poland. So this is a story to do with Germany and Poland linking in the, the place that you've just been to, the place that you've just returned to. And NATO logistics chief, uh, Lieutenant General Alexander Solifrank, suggested the creation of a so-called military Schengen for optimizing the movement of such equipment across the EU at present. Bureaucratic and logistical obstacles impede the free flow of arms throughout the bloc, which he believes could hamstrings the West's ability to respond to any unexpected conflicts. So NATO's proxy war in Russia uh, through um, uh, Ukraine appears to be winding down, something we've already talked about here. So 
you know, the, the, Europe's one big blob, uh, and you know, even when the the, the Ukraine Russia thing kicked off, you know, who could ignore the fact that there was a huge pipeline delivering a lot of Germany's resources, oil and gas and coal that was coming directly from Russia. So if there's a blockage in any part of the block, uh, it can cause problems going forward. So this talk about a power play uh, from Germany over Poland, what is what is Poland's stance at the minute in terms of you know whatever's left of that Ukraine war? Are they still uh, the way they were at the beginning two years ago? I know you guys had to take in a lot of um, uh, migrants that were fleeing across from Ukraine at the beginning, but now the dust has settled down a little bit, Mike. Uh, what, are you, what were you seeing it with regards to Poland's position in all of this as per right now? I think on the ground level, when you're talking about the populace, the the sentiment is bad. I'm not going to lie, Rick. If you at, at some point all of the flags disappeared, and you know, from my personal interactions, and let's say I'd say I've probably had a few hundred with people over the since the start of the war. I don't see a lot of people, but when I do, I have a good conversation. Um, it was resoundingly negative, resoundingly negative, and that's based on a number of things. Firstly, it's because Polish people were seeing huge inflation. So, you know, again, once it starts hitting people's pocket, they say, well, wait a minute, we want to look after our own first. We don't mind helping other people, but if we're getting huge inflation, uh, and also you're giving out a lot of money to these refugees who are not working, then there was instances of violence and, you know, just, just anecdotal stuff that was appearing, but people take that to heart if they see stuff on Twitter or stuff in the media of Ukrainian uh, refugees that have got into trouble or, you know, robbed a star, whatever it is. Uh, people are very protective over their own country and their own culture. So I think it all started to get go a bit pear-shaped. And what I noticed was there was very little coming from the government after a while. It was almost like, let's just keep it behind the curtain. Let's not talk about it too much because uh, we don't want to upset our own populace. Again, uh, in terms of the actual government, I mean, again, that they themselves have got increasingly frustrated with Zelensky. It seems like they've had tit for tat with the grain uh, issues specifically that one. I mean, they actually came out drawing that and said, well, you know, we don't want U Ukraine to join the EU if it's going to affect our own agricultural industry. We would not support them joining the EU. So it got pretty bad. I think America reasserted itself at that point over everyone and said, well, we're in charge here, boys, you know, and that, and they are, you know, they are, they are the kingmaker. And let's not forget, Poland has benefited greatly from the war in some respects they've had the baltic pipeline now is the main pipeline so poland's going to be the number one lng uh, supplier in uh in uh, europe as well they're building a ton of parts they've also got mega contracts coming in from places uh, big tech companies for example the recent one that i saw was i want to say google has set up a brand new ai uh a brand new ai what's the word i'm looking for rick uh, i don't want to like, say factory uh... but yeah, and they give it like a nerve center for AI and Poland. That's the one. Yeah, like a nerve center. Uh, so much is good. I've seen so many contracts. I wish I had the list in front of me over the past year that I've been put into Poland. And I would say this was their this was their reward for you know being so supportive of America's ambitions here. And I think Poland. What you're seeing is a changing of the guard in Europe. You know, it used to be Germany and France. Uh, France, God, yeah, we can put, put them out the frame. Germany was still the industrial powerhouse. You take away Germany's energy, that starts to die off. Now you've got Poland, and look at Poland with all of these, co these contracts. They've got uh, one of the most strongest militaries in Europe. You know, there's no one putting as much money into their military as Poland in Europe, and they've just signed mega contracts with um, Great Britain for air defense, with South Korea. 
for weapons with the US for weapons. They've took big $20 billion loans from the US just to get weapons, uh, US made weapons. So I think you, what you for weapons with the US for weapons, they've took big $20 billion loans from the US just to get weapons, uh, US made weapons. So I think you, what you're going to see over the next decade is Poland really rise up as the powerhouse of Europe. And I think Germany is going to do all it can to thwart that. And they have done when Poland announced it was going to build some nuclear reactors that, that should be going online in 2030. The first thing Germany said was, we're going to veto it. You know, we're going to veto it. Uh, you can't be doing this whilst they turn off their own nuclear power, might I add. You think this could be a little bit of sour grapes in the part of Germany because obviously they were, you know, the the economic powerhouse in Europe for quite some time. They're definitely on the wane at the moment, and Poland does seem to be on the way up for reasons that you've just described. Their inward investment for AI, you're talking about more ports being developed, you're talking about, you know, huge liquid natural gas supplies there as well. Could it be Poland stars rising as Germany stars beginning to fade, and they've maybe got a little bit of sour grapes, you know, country to country? Oh, I think so for sure. I mean, I think I, I think within Germany's political elite, they the last thing they want to see is a powerful uh, Poland. Uh, for Poland, this is the most ideal scenario that you can have historically. Poland's biggest enemies are Russia and Germany because they're boxed in. Geographically, Poland's a very weak country. <laughs> you know, there's not really any natural barriers. There's no mountains. There's no huge uh, lakes. I mean, you've got the odor uh, where they've split the border with Germany, but really Poland is extremely vulnerable. Uh, so what ideally Poland would have geopolitically is a weak Russia and a weak Germany. Now, in the space of the past, I would say, five years, you've seen both weakened. Of course, Russia is not completely weakened or benign. However, I would say for the past, oh God, I don't know, maybe 500 years, this is the strongest position geopolitically Poland has been in. So of course they're going to take advantage of that. You know, of course they're going to do that. Uh, any country would. I mean, we're thinking here as compassionate citizens. We don't think like that. But at the very top, of course they think like that. So I think Germany will be seeing that themselves as well and saying, well, well you know, where are we going to sit in all of this? We're going to have a really strong neighbor to the right of us that America prefers over us has this huge military emerging, which it does, uh, and it's going to be in control of energy, it's going to be in control of industry, whilst we're deindustrializing. The standards of um, living for the civilians are going up over there, whilst over here they're going down. And in our own country, we've got all of these internal struggles with migration and you know all the problems that we see all the time. So yeah, I think they're going to be uh, getting a little bit uh, sweaty pounding in Germany about that, and we'll see what happens. I think that we're going to see more and more spats between the two going forward. Yeah, time will tell with that one. Just uh, I wanted to touch on uh, Javier Malay uh, in Argentina and also Geared Filters in Netherlands, but we're, we're pretty much out of time in that one. That would make a whole show in and of itself. But just lastly, when a couple of minutes left, there's also a lot of uh, uh, rejigging going on in Poland politics at the minute. Uh, there's a new government look set uh, to be uh, implemented there. In a nutshell, going forward over the next six months, 12 months, and the next two to three years, a positive or a negative for the people of Poland? <laughs> negative. <laughs> yeah, negative. Unfortunately, I think this is the big problem is Poland now has mega globalist uh, Tusk who's going to be running the country. It's not... You know, it's not clear cut how that transition is going to happen. There's been lots and lots of infighting. The existing government have asked us to meet with them to try and discuss a coalition. He's rejected it. So I think the trajectory that Poland will be put on by someone like Tusk would be similar to Germany, actually. I think they'd open the borders. And uh, I think within 10, 15 years, you'd have a very different 
uh, country over here. So I'm not optimistic, sadly. Uh, and also, you know, for me personally, to see all of this military action in the country that I live is not is not <laughs> there's not nice for me. Rich. You know, I, 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 I live by the motto that, you know, if you build a big military, you're building it to use it or someone's going to use it. Could, it could be someone else that uses that military. So I just think, yeah, it's uh, it's worrying times. But, you know, I still love Poland, still a great country. And for now, but, it's uh, but, the best place in Europe as far as I'm concerned to be. But but Mexico is looking more and more attractive <laughs> every time we talk, Mike. I think that's Next time you see me, I'll have a big uh, Mexican green yeah. go out on. I might be I might be in a sombrero myself. Uh, the next time we talk, we might be doing it on a beach in Acapulco somewhere. How beautiful would that be? That's the we're out of time now. I'd love to talk to you a little bit longer, Mike, but we're out of time. So please, if you haven't already done so, check uh, Mike's website at parallelmike.com. Uh, support him in any way that you can out there. He's producing some fantastic content, and also on the YouTube channel Parallel Systems on the X platform Parallel underscore Mike. Please uh, follow him. Please support him and please uh, listen to what the man has to say in the meantime mike massive thanks to you as always hope you have a fantastic day in poland wrap up warm and uh, don't do anything too crazy out there and you know stay in touch and uh, all being well taught again sooner rather than later thank you to mike thank you to the guys in the studio for holding it all together i'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m uk time with open line with natalie so please stay tuned in the meantime for more magic here on the one and only tnt radio